How important do you think it is that you do something else other than write? So you are a, a writing coach, and a, a lot of the people that you coach are non-fiction writers who have some sort of other field and they're writing either as promotion for themselves yeah. or their other field is promotion for their writing. Yeah. So if you're giving away some of your books for free, how important is it? The like, how do they feed into each other? The the what the coaching and writing? Yeah, I exactly. have no idea what you just said. Oh, no. <laughs> that is the most convoluted question you've ever asked, and I didn't even understand it. Hello and welcome to Bottle of Red, a weekly podcast about writing and creativity. I'm Ross Garner and I'm joined by regular co-host Justin Lee Anderson and our uh, special guest for last week and this week, Rami Habib, who writes under the name Ari Vance. Uh, Rami, how are you doing? Thanks for coming back this week. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I wonder if this week we could talk about the way that you've marketed your books. Because uh, you had, you didn't go straight into... Uh, selling a novel straight away you had kind of a, a, a gradual upswing on that so do you want to explain what your approach was yeah so I guess my approach was born out of impatience so what I did was I took the first novel and I divided it into four episodes which uh, you know if you read my book everyone says it's quite visual and actually when constructing kind of the plot lines I did construct it with the idea of, of it being a series of episodes that follow upon each other and um, so I released them as four separate episodes. But they, they were all written in advance, were they? they so were you wrote the whole book and then you, sp- you yeah. split it up. Yeah. Um, yes, except that I did something that worked out in the end, but I would never advise anyone to do it, which is that I wrote the whole thing in advance, but I edited it and released it in parts instead of editing the whole book and then releasing it in parts. Mm-hmm. And it worked out, but by the skin of my teeth, I did have to... Uh, That's like an, an agile development approach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cutting edge. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But was that so that you could get feedback on the, the previous parts? Was there, a, was there a reason for it, or were you just lazy? <laughs> <laughs> or did you just want to get them out so quickly that you couldn't bother waiting to edit all of it? Yeah, it was more of... Um, I had set myself a goal that I was going to publish all four parts before my first son and only son at this point uh, was born. And so he was due on... Well, your, your wife was pregnant though, yeah? My wife was yeah, pregnant. That does well, make it slightly so more... you did have a clock ticking. I did have a clock more ticking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't married. <laughs> I was completely... In fact, I had had a vasectomy, but still, I had set a goal of the first... No, no. no actually, if, if I may indulge for a second. So I, had, I used to own a, a company, actually a uh, publishing house that specializes in... Um, curating rare Arabic content and selling it to universities and libraries and when my wife told me she was pregnant I packed up the company I mean I didn't quite close it but I packed it up and I started writing as full-time as I could afford to Um, uh, and with the goal of releasing the first book before my child was born so yeah I released it kind of like that out of impatience and then the little bastard decided to be born a month early on my birthday. <laughs> so uh, I didn't quite make my goal. Uh, had he been born on time, I would have, but... So that was the first draft that you completed just after your son was born? 
no, no, that was the edited version. Oh, the edited version. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the maps that actually yeah. published. Oh, that was actually actually published. Yeah, so yeah. it took me eight months to write and edit the book and get it out. From the perspective of a man who took ten years to write and edit his first book and get it out, I applaud you. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> but, but you were you were publishing as you were editing, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I I wrote the first book, uh, in comp- the entire first book. Then I divided it up into four episodes, and then I edited them and I released the first um, the first book in April, May, June, and then the last one in July. Um, what did you do for distribution? So um, I initially I just published directly on Amazon, uh, and then I uh, l- later on expanded to the other platforms: iBookstore, Kobo, Nook, so on and so. Symbol Twenty Four, Oyster when it was around. It how is how does that anymore. work though? For so so formatting, pricing, what share do you get? You know, what market is there for a quarter of a book? You know, these kind of things. So the average co- comic book issue is probably, a, it's around $3. I guess it depends on, you know, which characters we're, we're following and stuff. So I priced each episode at 3 bucks, but I had the first episode be for free. Mm. And so, um, and then what I did was in terms of marketing because I know, I know that's what you're interested in so I put the first book for free and then in the first book I said subscribe to my mailing list and I'll give you the second book for free and then from there I just kind of grew the mailing list um, doing you know various kind of techniques promos so on and so, so forth what kind, of, what kind of traction did that get so the so I guess how many people got the first book for free first of all and then all of those how many signed up to the mailing list well if i had known you wanted the math um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm taking notes on this <laughs> I, I i think roughly 10 percent sign up for the mailing list and what's interesting is probably about 10 percent just will buy the second episode without signing up for the mailing yeah. list and then the other 80 percent it's hard to measure because you know pe- when people get a free product they often will download it and not actually read it so i'm sure there's a big portion who've read it and it's just not their cup of tea but um uh you know in terms of uh, uh how many actually follow through and read the entire series um i think i had through pro- various promos got roughly about 5,000 downloads right. and roughly 20% of those went through and bought the entire series. Yeah, so what's interesting about something about interesting about what you're saying is that the number of people downloaded it for free. Um, and you and I are both members of um, the, the book club uh, right. on, on Facebook. And there are a lot of people on there who regularly talk about their um, TBR pile, their to be read pile being absolutely huge. Um, not least because they download uh, cheap books on a whim but I mean if they get free books who's going to say no to a free book why wouldn't you take a free book if it's even vaguely interesting to you but so do you think there's probably a lot of people out there and I suppose I'm I'm kind of answering the question for you who have downloaded your book for free because it was interesting and free but probably haven't even actually read it yet uh, if you could see me, you'd see I was nodding vigorously, <laughs> adamantly. Um, okay, I actually have evidence to that. Okay. Right? I do. Because what I did was I found three or four authors whom I felt was very similar to me. 
and I looked at the reviewers that they had. So let's say they had 100 reviews each. Yep. And I found the people who, like the reviewers who gave them four and five stars, who actually had their email address on it. And then I went and I contacted them. And I contacted, I think, about 30 people. Mm -hmm. And roughly, no, no, not roughly, exactly seven of them responded to my email. Uh-huh. And three of them already had my book. But hadn't read it yet. But hadn't read it yet. None of them had read it yet. And that's the thing. This is the biggest, uh, you know, like hurdle. You know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the tipping point. Yeah. And I would say that one of the tipping points for authors like myself who use this style of marketing is that, you know, these guys will download my book, not read it, because and it'll be in their to-be-read pile. And then some reason or some way I'm going to get on their radar and so they'll actually read me over the latest book of whatever author they have been following since the dawn of time right Mm -hmm. because if you're a Dresden fan you're going to read skin games before anything else when it comes out no matter what is on your to be read list yep so you know that is one of the challenges. Yeah, that's it. That it's not. It's not always about getting the the downloads. It's always about. It's almost about actually getting the reads. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had people come up, like you know, people on my mailing list, for example, review me like six months later, and then write me a letter and saying, you know, effectively, you know, I love your book. I'm really, you know, it's interesting, great premise, what what have you. I wish I had read it when I when I signed up <laughs> to your mailing list. And I'm like, I and, and, and I actually have the metrics, right? And I can see, like, and one guy had been signed up to my mailing list for close to seven months. He's like one of the first people. Yeah. Another guy, as way of an apology, like, you know, just sent me this glowing review. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Post it on Amazon. He never has. <laughs> so I don't know who you are. I'm not even sure what your real name is. But you know who you are. <laughs> post the damn review. I think, I think we can say that for, for all readers. Yeah. Post the review. Is there yeah. not a... Yeah, so the fringe is on. We're in Edinburgh just now, right? Yeah. You know when you get handed a leaflet for a free show and you're like, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But it's almost like because it's free, you're less interested in it. You've, you have absolutely no personal ah, investment in it that's whatsoever. I, I have an aside on this because a friend of mine who is a professional stand-up for the first year ever is doing the free fringe this year. And the, the, the concept behind the free fringe is not really that it's free. The concept is essentially that it's pay what you want. Because at the end of each show, any anybody who's done a show in the free fringe, at the end of the show, they will likely stand up with a bucket and ask you to kind of donate something. You know, what, what do you think the show was worth? Well, they rely so, on social pressure. They do. It's, almost, it's kind of like an honesty box. But but it's interesting because it's a it's a different model because it costs the artists much less. If I'm not even sure it costs the artists anything. It costs the artists very little to be in the free fringe. Um, so. The general model with stand-ups at the fringe is that they are they spend an absolute fortune to get on the fringe, and then they spend their time in Edinburgh trying to make their money back. So that nobody, no stand-ups except for the very big ones, come here and make any money. But, They're only but here for the my exposure. My question to that is: Has your friend done better this year than he has when he's charged for tickets? I'll tell you when it runs over. He's still doing it. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll let you know when it's finished. But that's um, an interesting. But, 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 there's a perce- but, but that's then a perception of value. Sorry, I, I was, I, yes, I don't, mean to, I don't mean to talk over you, obviously. But the, the, the question that I think is, it's perception of value. And that's an issue, isn't it? 
Well, no, that, I think I think that's an interesting like experiment. Um, you know, to offer your books for free, and then say pay what you like. Mm. Now they do have certain um, uh, uh, websites that do this. So, for example, there's a website out there called Noise Trade. Uh huh. And Noise Trade understands it's about mailing lists, right? Because if you have a good, if you have a properly curated mailing list, in other words, people who are legitimately interested in this genre, the genre you write in, and you know are you know capable of being your fan um what you do you know having and the right kind of copy you can convert up to 15 to 25 percent and and i'll you know to be perfectly honest like very few people are converting over 20 percent yep even 18 percent you're egyptian so you're inherently hyperbolic yeah i'm inherently (laughs) that's right no, but it's it's true. Like, like I mean, very few people are converting over eighteen percent in the arts. But if you are able to convert even at fifteen percent, and you have enough people on your mailing list, you'll make a killing, right? You'll make so noise trade says offer a book for free, just sign up on the mailing list, and it's like this kind of like pre curated site and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And they have a tip jar, and I have been tipped exactly two dollars. <laughs> Out of 300 plus signups. There you go. So, because if you offer people something for free, they'll take it. But they'll take it, yeah. Not necessarily get around to reading it, and therefore not necessarily see any value in it, and right. therefore give you any money for it. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, it is, it is kind of like, you know, at a certain point, when I reach a certain level of success, I will probably get rid of the free book. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't know if I will, to be honest. Like this is a to-be-decided issue, but it's definitely something I've decided on. But for right now, the fact of the matter is, is roughly two out of ten people who do download my book for free become a meaningful, you know, reader to to me. Sure. So, uh, and so, what else have you done to to market the book? Or, or I guess uh, part of that master plan is to get people signed up to your mailing list. What are the strategies you use? So um, besides having a free book with a sign up for the next book in the series, um, you know, obviously my website allows you to sign up. You can sign up on my Facebook. You can sign up on my Twitter. It's, it, it is mostly a mailing list driven strategy. So there's, there are two strategies that work. How, how big is your mailing list? Uh, it's uh, just, just under 2000 right now. Right. But I've called um, the dead ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've called the dead beats. Yeah. <laughs> Blunt as always, Mr. Garner. Yeah. Well, there's the, there's always those 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 sexy women who follow us on Twitter. Right. Well, yeah, there exactly. is that. But they yes. never yeah, respond yeah. to our messages. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I've never understood that. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. I wonder who these people are and what they're trying to gain. But I've reported several of them. Always feeling quite a little bit guilty every time I do because I'm like, this could actually be a legitimate person that I'm reporting, <laughs> but it really doesn't look like it. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. There's way too much cleavage going on here. <laughs> yes, yeah. and only three posts, and they're yeah. all linking to the same weird website. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, and you've clicked on them all, <laughs> and now my computer doesn't work. <laughs> but the other strategy is reaching out to influencers. Ah, uh-huh. right. And so, you know, getting as much exposure, as many interviews as possible. And, and that's tough because any kind of influencer out there is probably being bombarded by people requesting interviews and requesting, 
you know, ex whatever they can. I mean, I basically had to follow Justin around Edinburgh for weeks before I got on this. <laughs> and so, you know, so that's just the way it goes. One, one cleavage shot and he... Yeah. <laughs> it's all I needed, man. It's yeah. all I was looking for. Ask a question. I think I've monopolized all the questions so far. I Ask a good question. I don't know if I've... Uh, how, much, how much do you use social media for promotion and how effective have you found it and what have you found effective? And I've just done a Jonathan Ross and asked you three questions at once. Sorry about that. Let's talk about social media. Okay, so it's really interesting because... Um, because social media is... It's a necessary augmentation to everything you do, right? It's still, you know, it's still about influencers and it's still about uh, mailing lists. But social media, you know, you have to have a presence there because if you don't, you're simply not real, yep. right? People don't believe you exist <laughs> if you don't have some kind of social media there presence. There can be a mystique to that, though. But that yeah. might be a very Tom risky Holt. strategy. Tom Holt, for example, yeah. does not have a social media presence. But to be fair, he's been very well established since before social media existed. Yeah, and I would argue that anyone who's post, who, 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 who is successful post social media and not on social media. Yeah, that's a good question. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, even Joss Whedon. Prince George. Prince George. <laughs> He's, he's got a Snapchat account, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he must. Yeah. No, I mean, but even, um, what's his name? Oh, Joss Whedon. Yeah, yeah. Right? He left Twitter. Yes. And, you know, I would argue that his stock, you know, not that he has a stock, right? But you know what I mean, is probably decreased as a result. Well, to be fair, I think it had more to do with the fact that. Avengers 2 wasn't as well received as Avengers 1, Although which I, arguably had a lot more to do with studio interference than with Joss Whedon, but uh, I mean, I love everything that guy does. Oh, so Joss, if you're listening, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you, Joss. We miss you. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, no, I would say that you'd have to do it. I would say that Twitter um, is often like screaming in an empty room, right? It's, it's, it's quite ineffective. However, if, if your strategy with Twitter is to actually contribute to a conversation and not self-promote, it does quite well. But I agree, and I can tell you that the, the most effective thing I've ever done on Twitter, which I managed to measure had an actual effect on book sales, was called Donald Trump an ignorant fuck muppet. <laughs> Which got thousands of retweets. Well, no, what's got many retweets and uh, made it it's into okay. a meme. You're an honorary Egyptian. Hyperbolized. <laughs> <laughs> what's got millions of retweets. Like second day. Uh, and, and, well. and actually, oh god, yeah, we have to talk about this dick. Um, and basically, yeah, on the back of on the back of being retweeted for calling him a fuck muppet, I suddenly got. A, a boost in sales which was hilarious was like, and what was funny about it was actually that I had a dip in sales in the US initially and a spike in sales in the UK and I really wouldn't have thought that many of my American readers were big Donald Trump fans because yeah. let's be honest if, if you're a big Donald Trump fan you're unlikely to like my writing or me so yeah. <laughs> 
That's it's that's a tricky one. But yeah, yeah it was inter- I, I saw a spike in sales in the UK on the back of that, which was hilarious. Yeah. But Twitter, it's all about you got to add value. Yeah. No one's interested in hearing you promote your book. <laughs> can we can we wrap this up with the, your your three top tips for marketing yourself? I, I know I asked you this last time, but I I, I always like to have that that final just uh, what are you going to do practically? Okay, so the three three top tips for marketing yourself. That, that's a really interesting. Okay, so I would say that the two for book. Well, for the arts, okay, whether it's books or podcasts or painting or whatever, it, it is about curating a mailing list and, and being very much available. I answer every single one of the emails myself as quickly as I can. And it does, especially when I'm releasing a new book, that can get very time consuming because I am getting a lot of kind of... Do you have the, the hit reply message on your mailing list? So, you know, at the end, hit, hit reply if you want to comment. Uh, that's one of those comment strategies you see on a lot of mailing this you know yeah I, well I always a personal you know hit reply and I'll, I'll speak to you I always end my emails with um, you know um, what do you call it like if you have any questions comments love or I are you know email me and I'll, I'll be sure to yeah, answer yeah. you I'd say my um, my wife is on your mailing list. Oh, is she? Yeah. And, uh, and gets all your and gets very excited when she gets an email from you and has more stuff to read. Right. Okay. She's That's a big fan great. of your mailing list. Excellent. Yeah. No. It's um and and I do get I do get like some interesting letters like when I released episode and now I can't remember because it's been so long. Um, and there's been a lot of red wine drunk. I think episode three, so the the, the first book. So when I. When I released the third part of the first book, um, I got several angry emails where people were really upset. Like, how could an, a central character in my story behave so poorly towards another character in my story? And I was really surprised. Like, I was like, I didn't know how to respond to those emails because it's like they're fictional characters. <laughs> and, but people uh, clearly care about them a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was nice. It also was uh, like, and especially because there was more than one of them, and I didn't know how to, res- including my mother, which was really funny. Like, <laughs> she actually, she actually called me and said, "I'm really upset with this character," and I said, "I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you lose this number?" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, mailing list cu- and be there and be open to your mailing list and respond to them. I mean, if someone takes the time to write me, I always write them back. Um, to influencers it's uh, you know get out there and talk to other writers talk to other um, bloggers podcasters you know what have you you know just you, you you're the only you got to be a cheerleader to your own work and you, you will have other cheerleaders as you grow absolutely but you got to be the the the, f- the first to, amongst them and you know and three is just don't be shy and that's tough and that's really tough to because you, I mean let's be honest like until you get that initial feedback you don't know how people are going to react to your story you, yep. people you just don't know and you just kind of put yourself out there and say you know like with gusto I've written this book I've done this I've done that it's very funny on a personal level I didn't tell any friends or family that I'd done this only my wife knew initially and um, 
And then I started getting fans and I started getting people on my mailing list and I started getting some really positive feedback and some great reviews. And so I, I got some courage, I guess, and I was able to come out more boldly. And the reaction from my immediate circle, which I got kind of secondary to the the you know the ether out there was incredible it was really rewarding and so yeah just you know be brave nice that was uh ari vance remy habib uh speaking about marketing and uh, how, how you as a writer can can market your fiction uh, if you want to speak to rami you can uh, reach him on the pointless medium of twitter uh, <laughs> at uh, <laughs> at gone god world uh, you can uh, reach justin at author jla and i'm at ross a garner you can also tweet at bottle of red net or visit the bottle of red blog at bottle of red.net if you've enjoyed the show uh, please do uh, subscribe to us on itunes and leave a review uh, maybe we should start a mailing list that seems like the next thing <laughs> and then reach some influencers as well <laughs> thanks very much for listening bye for now